was waiting for Stone in the crane out to his left side and found the open net. high slot, shoots the turn, deflected, they score! Zone, Austin Long carrying on his offense. Near side circle, cross, far side, they score! Austin Long, a backhanded sauce pass found Ashton Calder, waiting for the one-time tapper. Getting one out of front, they score! Are you kidding me, Matt Miller? 25.1, run to the third, this game is tied! What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode number two of Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We are back live at the Icebox, but this time we are the Empyrean Brewing Company suite. Uh, I'm B.A., once again joined by Gene Cotter. Gene, uh, how was your weekend? You know, B.A., didn't have to suffer through a Nebraska football game this weekend. Got to see the Stars put on a pretty good show up in Waterloo on Friday night. So, all told, got to see my kid who came back from the University of Wyoming. So, a pretty good weekend. How about you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, Friday night we went out uh, with a bunch of people from work and took in the uh, Waverly North game, football game and uh, triple overtime game, so it was pretty exciting. And Saturday just kind of hung out a little bit and uh, kind of watched the uh, the Stars game on the USHL app. Perfect. Did you notice uh, when we went into that game on Saturday that we were first place in the West? No, I did not, but first I do now. Time, first time since 2015-2016 the Stars found themselves atop the Western Conference standings. Not too shabby, and I think right now we are currently in second place after uh, both Des Moines and Tri-City uh, lost both games this weekend. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit coming up. That's a little scary because Des Moines uh, actually, Sioux City was responsible for uh, knocking both of them down, and they're now sitting atop the Western Conference. Yeah, and uh, we got a home-and-home series with Sioux City that we'll preview later on in the show, but uh, to kick things off a little bit, uh, on our first episode, I got a bunch of uh, feedback from it, and it uh, sounds like people are enjoying the show so far, and uh, Looking for uh, episode two and many more after that. Let's make sure that we keep that bar moving up, right? That's the whole goal with this thing. True. So, uh, yeah, so if you checked out episode one, uh, leave comments on it and whatnot and uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like. So any, any feedback is good feedback in my book. I, I saw it on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so I'm not sure where all you can find it. But I can also tell you, you can find it in the 7 Star Facebook page either of our personal Facebook, Twitter accounts. Yeah, and I think right now it is on, you mentioned Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify. Those are the two major ones that everybody listens to. It's on the Anchor app. I believe it's on Google Podcasts, but I'm not totally for sure. Other than that, if you're listening on some weird uh, podcast app, you might want to switch to one of the major ones. There you go. I know last week you asked people to send us questions, so if you have any ideas for us, guests you'd like to hear from, any questions you have for us, things you'd like us to look into, please make sure you leave comments someplace as well. Yeah, definitely, and I guess the uh, the hockey noise that was going on in the background that I was a little bit worried about, I guess people kind of enjoyed that. They did. So we uh, you get a little Zamboni action going on right now, and here shortly the 14U travel team just got off the ice, and high school is getting ready to come on the ice. Yeah, so. and it looks like we had a couple of uh, the Stars players out on the on the ice with the uh, 14U uh, travel team. So Yes, I think that that's something that they try to do every year, is split up and go out and, and help out. Just one of the many ways they try to serve out in the community. Yeah, it, it's good to see that the, uh, the, we'll call them the big league star players, are helping out with the junior stars. So I, I know uh, last year, not last year, last year we didn't really have that situation going on with the COVID thing, but... The year before that, my daughter was playing mites, and she loved it when the players came out and helped them out. Yeah, I think that that's kind of a standard reaction regardless of what age they're out there with. Yeah, definitely. So I guess uh, that's going to wrap up the small talk portion of the uh, the show, and uh, let's come back and we'll recap uh, the weekend 
at Waterloo. Like we mentioned before last week, uh, we had a away series with the Waterloo Blackhawks, and uh, I knew going in there it was going to be a tough place to play, and it kind of showed that uh, showed that this weekend. You know what, though? Watching that game on Friday night, I thought that we actually outclassed them in their own rink. We looked more like I heard Coach Russo talking coming into the game that playing on that big ice, that Waterloo builds their team around playing on that Olympic-size ice. And all night Friday, and quite frankly, despite the outcome on Saturday, it seemed to me that that the Stars looked just as equipped to play on that big ice as Waterloo did. I kind of mentioned that in the show last week, that you know, based on our speed and skill, I think the big ice was going to help us out a lot. Yeah, just had some defensive letdowns on Saturday here and there that, that led to a couple of easy goals, and it just kind of snowballed on them from there. But despite the 3-2 to two outcome, Cam Whitehead had a, a late goal scored against him to cut it to one. But Stars, in my opinion, were firmly in control out that. And I'll guarantee you that Cam Whitehead would make that save 999 times out of 1,000. That was just one of those. Thank God Gleb had a, an empty netter a few minutes before that to to secure the game winner. Yeah, that, that empty netter uh, became the game winner, actually. So it's kind of it's kind of strange to see an empty net goal become the game winner. Right. So uh, to kick things off, you mentioned that uh, the Stars picked up the victory 3-2 on Friday night, and no surprise, it was the captain, the defenseman, Dalton Norris, uh, kicking off the scoring. Aiden Thompson off the boards for LeMay as Norris right side. He's got him, the captain. Blast and the save made by Williams. Thompson, Norris again, and he scores! Make it three straight games with a power play goal for the captain as Thompson sent it across. A brand new game in Waterloo. 25.0 left in period one. Yeah, like I said, no surprise that it was our defensive guys scoring there. Yeah, uh, LeMay, Daltz, again, they, they come out actually out of the weekend with six straight games where they've scored points, but Daltz, as Cristiano said there, was his third straight game with the power play goal, and he lets it rip from that right circle. When they hit him over there, goalie's awfully glad that he's as covered as he is because holy smokes. Yeah, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of uh, like the hardest shots from the team, but uh, Dalton's got to be up there with one of them. Has to be. Has to be. And uh, kicking off our, our second goal, uh, guy's been on hot streak, Luke Johnson. Blue line left wing, there for Thompson, University of Denver commit, escapes a couple of checks, and now what a shot from Johnson! It's 2-1 to one with 8 seconds left in period 2! What a snipe from 37 in black, shocked everybody in the building, including himself! 2-1 to Lincoln, Luke Johnson, his third goal of the year from an improbable angle, off the crossbar and down! And I don't know if you've uh, seen the highlights from that, uh, that's just one of those ones you throw it on net and hope it goes in, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and I don't know if you could say throw it on net because that was an absolute snipe from where he was. And, you know, I'm pretty sure he had a similar to goal to that earlier in the year. That's his, uh, By the time the weekend was over, he ended up with two goals in the first period on Saturday night as well. Uh, but he's now got five on the season to lead the Stars in goals. Yeah, and, well, it's a forward, so uh, he kind of broke that streak of the defenseman leading, leading with the uh, leading scoring. That's true. Uh, the defenseman kind of overall points. Uh, you got Aiden Thompson up there with, uh, I believe, 10 or 11 overall. But uh, the defensemen are definitely still engaged in the offense, which is nice to see. And you uh, mentioned that Gleb had the empty netter, and here's Cristiano with that call. Cardona right point. Wiley, his shot. That's stopped by Whitehead. Now LeMay off the boards. Jarecki tips it. Two-on-one for Lincoln. Lava saucer pass. And the clear is Remyev. He shoots towards the empty net and scores. With 1.20 left in period three, Gleb Beremyev 
An empty net tally. The Stars up two. And we thought that was going to be the be the end of it, but like you said, yeah, there was a late goal there by Waterloo on on Cam, and uh, I know he wants that one back. Yeah, for sure. You know, interesting, Brandon, is that we you always hear about late goals being backbreakers. If you think about, I want to say that their first goal came within the last thirty seconds of the first period. You heard Luke's goal came with eight seconds left to go in the second period, and then that empty netter with a minute twenty left or a minute twenty five left in the third period. So those definitely proved costly for, for the Blackhawks and were very beneficial to the Stars on Friday night. Yeah, for sure. So we wrapped up Friday night with that 3-2 victory, and Saturday just wasn't one of those nights for us. Uh, it was kind of one of those. When I, when I checked in on, on the USHL app, it was 6-3, and I was like, this thing's over. I didn't even really check in much after that. Then it turned out being an 8-4. Just a barn burner of a game out there. It certainly didn't start that way. Luke Johnson almost had the natural hat trick in the first period, his second second game this year through the eight or nine that we've played where he's had two two goals in a game. Uh, Christian Kosha's got back in the scoring too. Neglected to mention him last week. He actually uh, has, I think, three goals in the last four games, something like that. So it's good to see Christian going. It's good to see Luke Scoring uh, now. If we can get Aiden Thompson is a, at the top of the league in assists with ten. He's got eleven overall points with one goal and ten assists. So once we get he and Lobs and and some of the other forwards going, look out. Yeah, and and, and that game, uh, I'm not exactly sure when it was, but uh, I believe it was after the sixth goal that Rocky pulled uh, Caden Murbico out of the net, and we saw Jackson Baker making his uh, USHL debut. Yeah, and yeah, I can't remember either if it was the fifth or the sixth, but Umberco came out and you know it was uh, like I said earlier I think the defensemen are going to probably want some of that back it was not exactly always a stellar stellar performance there but over the course of a 60 whatever game season you're going to you're going to have some struggles here and there and better to learn from learn from them now I think I heard coach in his comments after the game on Saturday talking about when you start pressing, you start trying to individualize things too much, and I think that definitely showed as people started, instead of staying in system and, and working team hockey, they kind of got they got away from that and it snowballed on them. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned the coach's comments here. I have those here that we'll play for you, and uh, he kind of he touches up on kind of the lack of defensive awareness on some plays, and that kind of led to some of those goals and kind of made the score a little more out of proportion than what it really was. Well, we Power play goal we gave up is uh, something in our control. We, we, for whatever reason, like our PK struggled tonight, and and guys that we've been relying on to kill penalties that have been great at it, all of a sudden looked a little confused in our end, and um, and then we didn't do a good job of of clearing the front of the net on their first one. But you know, even still, like we go back, we score again, we're up two one, and then you know. We, we kind of let it unravel there at the end of the first with two goals that, that we, in my mind, should have been controllable situations, whether it be off a rush or a rebound or, or a save that needs to be made. All of those things kind of turn into a domino effect, and and before you know it, you go from a really great start to, to being down at the end of the first. Well, you know, it's a momentum goal that they score there, right? Like, Kosa scores, and then, and then not 45 seconds later, they score, and that's where you've got to be able to control the game a little bit and and we kind of gave it away and then all of a sudden you can see the wheels fall off a little bit with some with some really poor decision making by our guys and um you know the the fourth one's a a bad retrieval by two of our best defensemen they just 
you know, it's like we we abandon what we work on from Monday through Thursday when things don't go well, and that's that's just some learning that we have to continue to do. Obviously, um, you know, you've got to stay the course. You've got to you've got to uh, rise to the level of your training when when things are going bad, and and you know that's something that we're having a hard time doing early on in the year. But but again, that's just part of, of your developmental process. I told them, I said, the minute things go the wrong way and you guys to start to, to try to do things on your own, then, then it gets worse. It never, ever, in 17 years I've coaching hockey, it's never gotten better when you decide you're going to take things matters into your own hands. So, um, you know, it's a valuable lesson for us, and, and you're not going to beat anybody letting eight pucks go in the back of your net, I can promise you that. But, you know, the fourth one, we've got to do a better job retrieving wrong guy went to pick it up and then when he did go to pick it up he went in there with his stick up in the air like just just technical stuff then and then they go corner to corner and hit the guy coming to the net which is literally exactly to a t what we showed them on video this afternoon the fifth goal we overhandle a puck on the blue line trying to be cute in the back of your net like you're not going to beat anybody that way and and you know it, it didn't matter who who we were playing tonight. Waterloo played fine. I don't think they played great. I don't think they played great, but they they took advantage of some opportunities and they shot the puck in the net. And those comments were brought to you by Southside Auto Tech with the uh, coach's comments that uh, Cristiano does after every game. You can catch those uh, comments in their entirety on the Stars Facebook page and their YouTube channel. But like Coach said, man, the team, Waterloo didn't play great. They just took advantage of those opportunities and one of those opportunities you've got to take advantage of is definitely on that power play. You know, something that's interesting, too, is that from, from a penalty kill perspective, Lincoln is actually second in the league uh, behind that team wearing orange up the road from us with 89.4% kill on, get this, 47 penalty kills opportunities uh, so far this year, leading the league going away in penalty kills. It's interesting because... Uh, even though we don't really lead the league in in actual penalties, um, we we seem to find ourselves on the kill more frequently than anybody else, and that's going to come in key this weekend because Sioux City uh, they have they have some some what appear to be really good goal scorers out there. Um, they aren't really they aren't really performing as well on the power play as as they do when it's five on five. But um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make sure that we're killing penalties for sure yeah definitely and you said that uh that we're leading the league in the penalty kill and it's it's just amazing that you know we don't have a whole lot in fraction or minute wise but we seem to be when we're down we're down a lot averaging 5.5 uh, 5.22 penalty kills per game so a little more than 10 minutes i don't know what that would be on the fraction but 11 minutes a game where we're playing a man down so half a period we're playing a man down every every game Sounds like the typical USHL refing. They're, they're, they're biased against Lincoln. Is what, what, if you walk around the concourse, that's what you hear from the fans. Yeah, I think that chant rings out every, every period when they come on the ice. At right? least once or twice a period. So, yeah. so I don't know, maybe that's a little payback. You, you mentioned that, uh, that Sioux City has some scores, and as we get into that weekend preview, uh, your, your former Bill kid had a hell of a weekend with a, with a hat trick there on Saturday night. Yeah, still, as we talked last week, two of them, Ben Steves and Charlie Shane. Charlie Shane had himself... Uh, had a Hattie on Saturday night. Um, he was an elite goal scorer in the Nall last year. May have he was in the top two or three scores. Certainly has 
not slowed down since he went to Sioux City. Ben Steves, uh, Stars fans may remember him from camp last year. He actually led Stars' main camp in scoring. Um, both of them, Charlie's got 11, 11 career games in a Stars jersey. Ben had a couple, um, I think both during the same year, 18-19. They both came up here and played several games. Both of them up in Sioux City now. Uh, they're both... They're both, along with Kirkland, Ira, and another kid, are actually in the top five in the league in scoring. Now, I'm not sure how all that, how that works with the player rights and a lot of sort of stuff. Did we trade Charlie's rights to Sioux City, or did we just kind of... Uh, Charlie actually ended up back in Janesville. Um, I don't know for sure if he... I, I assume he ended up getting released at some point, and then he got redrafted, I think, in the fifth round okay. of the Phase 2, or whichever one's the, the old kid... Older kid draft. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I think this is a phase two draft. But. Yeah, and then made the team, and then we traded. I'm not sure what we got back for him, but we we traded Ben up to up to Sioux City. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, more on our opponent, opponent from Sioux City. What do you got for us? I know you're you're really big in stats and had a lot of stats about Sioux City coming up. Well, first thing, something we didn't talk about last week was the first iteration of the U.S. Uh, the NHL scouting oh, yeah. report came out, and Lincoln had. Four kids on that list: uh, Michael Mastro, Domenico, Christian Koshis, and then both of the goalies, Caden and Burko, and Cameron Whitehead. Sioux City also comes to town with four kids on that list: a defenseman, uh, Garrett Brown, and then three forwards: Nick Pierre, Connor Welsh, and Dylan James. Dylan James is another one of those kids who, as a rookie, is not only on that list, but he's been putting a, putting the puck in the back of the net for Sioux City as well. If you uh, if you read the press release from the uh, from the from the league, it's kind of a little misleading. It, the the title of it, the headline was 79 players with USHL ties has uh, is on that list, but that means alumni, uh, guys from the NDDP program, which I don't know if you can can't really count them because they only play a third of the season. Right. So it's a little misleading, but uh, it's nice that the Stars have four players on that list and. Who knows what's going to happen towards the end of the year? We can have a little bit more than that because yeah. uh, team's looking really good. People get out here and look, and you know something that I think Stars fans need to look like out for is we already talked about number twenty-eight Charlie Shane, twenty-seven Ben Steves, but when they're out on the ice offensively, be paying attention to uh, Owen McLaughlin and Kirkland Ira are number twenty and twenty-three because as I said, they they are an offensive-minded. They don't they don't find themselves in a lot of bad positions. They don't commit a lot of penalties. Uh, they're pretty fast. They remind me a lot of the way Lincoln's playing. Yeah, definitely. And if we can, if we can come away with uh, with four points on that home and home series with Sioux City, uh, we're going to be back on top of the West out there. And they're coming in hot too. They actually have the longest winning streak. They've won four straight games, and as we said, they knocked off Tri City and Des Moines last week, who both went into the weekend undefeated. So they're they're coming in on a hot streak for sure. Yeah, and, and if you if you look at uh, what. Uh, lost my train of thought there. Uh, what a coach was saying at the or Cristiano was saying at the end of the, uh, the game on Saturday is that uh, the Stars haven't lost back-to-back games in a while, and so coming off that loss on Saturday night up in Waterloo, I, I know the boys are going to be hungry coming in on Friday. Uh, it's uh, trick-or-treat night at the Icebox, so uh, a lot of the kids in costumes and. Should be a good time. Speaking of that, in talking to Stars President Lori Crocker earlier today, it's trick or treat night here. So after the game, all the all the boys will go down and 
and uh, shower up and then come up and man tables, pers- put and man tables here so people can come around trick-or-treating, get autographs, so on and so forth. So don't make sure you come in costume and then stay around after the game for that because it's going to be a big event. Also, it's a, a BOGO boo, uh, so buy one, get one. You buy a ticket, you get a ticket free. So make sure you're taking advantage of that because not only will the hockey be good, but there's lots of activities after the game. So come out and check that out. Yeah, definitely. You can get your tickets uh, by calling the box office at 402-474-7827 or on the website at LincolnStars.com. 402-474-STARS, by the way, if you didn't know that. I, you know, I knew it was that way back in the, in the late 90s when we got the team originally. I just did not know if the numbers changed since uh, ownerships has changed and whatnot the past couple of years. So. It has not. I still dial... I still have to dial stars. Now, it takes me a little bit. I'm sure I'm stopped alongside the road when I'm trying to do it in the car. But, uh, <laughs> now you actually get to hear Craig Estadillo answer the phone for you when you call in and get that, that answering tree. Hey, before, before we get on to something else, something I want to point out is going to be key to both the games Friday and Saturday, and that is that the first, the first period is going to tell the story. Sioux City comes out, and they are an incredibly fast starting team they've outscored their opponents 10 to 5 in the first period and as fast as they start they close even they close even faster they've outscored their opponents 16 to 8 in the third meanwhile lincoln's been outscored in the first period and then they pick it up from there so if we can weather the storm lincoln's undefeated when when especially at home when they not that we, not that there's a big sample size but if we score first and we're leading after the first period uh, we're undefeated on the year. So if we can weather the first period and keep it even or even even be ahead, we tend to get stronger. Sioux City has a major letdown in the second period so far this year. So if we can make hay in, in, in the first and second, when we get to the third period, we'll be in good shape. Yeah, the Stars are definitely like the, uh, the late 90s Nebraska Cornhuskers, definitely a fourth quarter, third period uh, kind of team. I've, and I've noticed that. We talked about that last week a little bit. We went into, who was it, uh, Sioux Falls or Fargo, where we were down by, I think, four goals in the third period. We came back and, and dang near scored it. So there is no quit in this group, I can tell you that for sure. And you mentioned the big keys to the game on, on, on the Friday night. I think the biggest key to the game is going to be what is the penalty box snack. You know, I was talking to, to Lori Crocker earlier today. Last year we had the Cole Craft penalty box snack, pocket snack, I had, you know, stuff, like whether it be candy, may or may not have snuck him in some tater tots here and there. I keep trying to find somebody to sponsor the, the penalty box pocket snack of the game so that, you know, we can get a player in the box. Not that they, not that we want him there, but, you know, we can, we can figure out what the pocket snack is. So well, I haven't look- really decided since it's, Chris, since it's Halloween. Oh, you know what? Somebody else is going to have to do it because John Hibbert is going to be out of town this week, and so I'm going to be running the stats instead of the penalty box. And so. I think Lori's in the box this, this weekend. Oh, then. that's I right. I think she is. So it's going to have to be something candy. You know, sixlets are my are my favorite. I, I don't know. I don't know if it'll last. I think Lori might uh, take advantage of those snacks. <laughs> that could be. That could be for sure. All right, moving on. Uh, what else do you got to talk about? I know uh, there's a lot of... You know, BA. One we, of, we did before we go on. We did have a roster move over um, the the past week. I don't know if you want to dive into that a little bit. Well, and I'm not necessarily. I know that it showed that he was dropped, but uh, Mr. Repke, uh, who was a Wisconsin commit, who started the season, saw a couple three games with the Stars, is now moved moved up and is playing for Mason City, the North Iowa Bulls. So I don't know if he remains on the on the affiliate list or if we dropped him or what the story is there, but. That's one thing I want to ask Coach if I, if I get a chance to. With, with us 
the ownership group also owning the uh, the Bulls in Mason City. Are they kind of like a AAA affiliate for us? Can we send guys there, bring guys up? I don't know. I don't know how that works since, you know, I, I think it would be to our advantage if we could arrange something like that. I was wondering that very same thing. I don't know if that's, a, I don't know if that's doable, if that really is a thing, but that'd be kind of cool. I mean, what is Mason City? Four hours, five hours from here? So yeah, something like that. Simple, get in the car, be down here by noon on game day if need be. And, uh, I, you know, noticing the other day, I want to say we've only got 21 guys or 23 guys out there, and I know roster sizes. I think we have 21, and it's showing 23 or 25. So I think we have some room for a little roster expansion if and as needed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll be, I'll be, uh, need to mention that Joe LeMay uh, has a six point streak, six point uh, game streak going on coming into this weekend, too. So, I mean, he's another one of those guys leading, leading up there in points. I think all three captains do. Joe LeMay, Dalton Norris, and Aiden Thompson are all carrying a six point streak. Dalton, unfortunately, saw his three consecutive games with the power play goal snapped on. On Saturday, but again, he unleashed some rockets. They just were, un- they were just accidentally able to get a body in front of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you mentioned. I'm looking at it right now. Aiden Thompson does has six points and and uh, six has points in six straight games. If I could read and talk, it's, it's kind of hard to do. Uh, and multi point efforts in three consecutive appearances. So big numbers coming from our leadership group, and that and that proves to why they're the leaders of this team. Again, if we can start getting people like Noah Laba doing what doing Noah Laba things and and seeing some more production out of those forwards, taking advantage of chances. I, I'm telling you, there are times where where we just look fantastic in the offensive zone, heads up, great passes just aren't finishing yet. And as this team continues, you know, I think about people like Sioux City and Tri City who had six, eight preseason games as opposed to R2. So even though we've got two more games in the regular season than a lot of these other teams do, in reality, they have half a dozen more games total than what we do. So, Yeah, it's definitely to say, you know, something to say when you have those extra preseason games. It helps those guys get into, in what they say, game shape a little bit more. And once we catch up in games a little bit, I, th- I think our guys will be right there. Well, and when you start building that chemistry in your lines and you understand, that's one thing I've appreciated this year. It doesn't seem like there's been a lot of switching around of, of lines, especially offensively. And in my opinion, that allows you to build line chemistry, which is going to lead to more scoring opportunities. Something that really stands out to me so far, B.A., is that last year we did not hit double digits in points until our 15th game of the year. And we're already there, and we're, what, eight games in, nine games in, something like that. Yeah, I think we're nine games in, so. Um, you know, I want to. I, I feel a little bad that we haven't spent more time talking about Cameron Whitehead's performance on Friday night because, I, you know, he was just, the defense played well in front of him. Actually, the, the back checking was fantastic. You throw that one late goal out that he kind of just got his feet tied up underneath him. But there was one time in the second period where Waterloo just had all sorts of pressure, and I think they maybe missed the net a couple times. But with about eight minutes left to go in a one-goal game, Whitehead made stop after stop after stop, and it was just it was impressive to watch that. Yeah, I'm not sure. We still have a long week of practice going, on, going to come, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, Cam in the net Friday night making his first start here at the Icebox. I, I, I would uh, not... That would not surprise me either. And it's, it's got to be, I, I can't, I know what it's like when I'm out there, when the, uh, the star drops and the lights go. I, I can't imagine what it's like for a player making his first, his first start here at the Icebox. It's got to be 
something pretty cool. And I know, I know Coach Russo talked last week after the game, too, about trying to make sure that all the goalies are ready to go so when we get after the first of the year and we start heading down the stretch that everybody's ready to go. And if Caden ends up on the World Juniors team, that, that Cam might be in, in shape to go back-to-back nights if he need to. Uh, Baker looked pretty good at times the other night, made some really good saves. So I think we're sitting pretty well from a goalie perspective right now. I think so, too. I mean, we got two number one goalies in my book, and, you know, we bring Jackson along and get him some playing time here and there, and I think he'll be a, a formidable number two. You know, something else that, that started to become a little more apparent over the weekend was uh, Coach Russo went on, a, went on a radio station earlier this year and talked about the physicality he wants to see from this team. He wants people being afraid when they pull into the parking lot. Uh, we talked last week about maybe that physicality hadn't really been there thus far this year. Who would have thought that it would have taken nine games for the first fight? Uh, Gleb got in one with, I think, his, what was his last name, Ness, the other day. No surprise it was Gleb, though. Yeah, well, no. I will tell you that I'd like to see that one again because, first off, the camera on hockey TV up in Waterloo, did not capture it. By the time they got there, Gleb had his jersey mostly off, and I'm not sure. In the Waterloo, for whatever reason, uh, there was the Stars broadcast was having issues. Uh, no, I know Cristiano said he was working on it anyway. Even the Waterloo guy said that two heavyweights like that going at it, neither one of them really landed anything because they knew how to protect themselves. But um, it was it was it was a good go, uh, even though nobody really got hit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean. I don't, I don't know when we'll see the first Telltale of the Ice Box. It could be this weekend. Uh, I don't know if uh, Sioux City has any uh, any heavyweights on their team, but I know in past there's been a, been a lot of battles with, uh, with the Stars and the Musketeers. Yeah, last year they came in here and put it to us pretty well, and they were picking fights at the end of it. But uh, generally, so far this year, statistically, they seem to be doing a pretty good job of staying out of the box. Uh, I guess where I was going with that whole thing, even though we saw our first fight, um, I saw the, the uh, Stars defensemen starting to throw their bodies around a little bit more. Joey Pierce had a couple big hits. Master Domenico, LeMay is never afraid to, to put a body on somebody. Uh, Daltz certainly is not afraid to stick yeah. his nose in there either. So there was, they're starting to, I think, feel a little more comfortable and, and throw their bodies around a little bit. You mentioned, you mentioned Daltz there. He's actually a second in uh, minor penalties among defensemen in the league. Yeah. You know who's first uh, in forwards? Noah Lava. We need to keep him out of the box. We need him on the yeah, ice. We definitely need Noah on the ice. He's got nine minors on, on the season, and he's like third in the league in penalty minutes at 28 or something like that. So I need I need that to – I personally need that to go down a little. Not that I don't like hanging out with Lobs in the box, but I, I prefer to see my Noah Lava on the ice instead of in the penalty box. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think that pretty much uh, wraps up the show. Unless you have anything else uh, you want to talk about this weekend? Nothing I can think of other than I can't uh, I can't wait to talk next week and hope we come up with four points and re- reclaim that spot atop the Western Conference by the time we're here next weekend. Yeah, definitely four points would be nice. Anytime we have a home and home series, I, I think if we walk away with two points out of that weekend, it's definitely a good weekend. Uh, hey, you know something, Brandon, before we go, I just want everybody to know that instead of just hearing you and I talk, uh, we've got a lot of feelers out. I think in the, in the weeks to come, we're going to talk to Tanner Baker or Nate Brown, the, the rink or assistant rink manager here at the box, uh, Stephanie in the, from the ticket office, maybe we can comment on, President Lori Crocker, who Muskegon seems to think doesn't exist since they 
proudly pronounced a couple weeks ago. They had the first female president in, in the USHL, which I don't know where they've been for the last couple of years. I don't know if they had the internet service up there in Muskegon. Yeah, that so could be. It could be. Because Lori's been around. But uh, also trying to get uh, the owner, Alberto Fernandez, on, uh, put, a, put a feeler out to Coach Russo and the coaching staff and hope to get maybe some of the players. Something I was thinking about was talking to – what happens on the bus on the way home? Are there any good stories from the bus that the boys would be willing? To I will. Come I will about? say, uh, and I, I think Charlie can can uh, attest to this too, because I, I one of my last bus trips I took was a trip up to uh, Des Moines, and it was uh, it wasn't Mike's. It was it was Chubb. I think Chubb was the coach, and it was uh, Charlie's first game, Aiden Thompson's first game, and Dominic James's first game. So we brought those three kids in, and we just got our butts handed to us. Uh-oh. So the bus was all quiet on the way back. And I don't like to get in confrontations, me personally, but uh, so about 10 miles down the road, it's all quiet. Well, no, it wasn't quiet. Sorry. The boys were, you know, japping and talking and whatnot. Then Corey gets up and just lays into Double him. Uh-oh. Yeah. Anytime Corey speaks and he's pissed, you're going to listen. And it was this whole speech about how you, kind of what, what uh, Rocky was uh, saying at the end of the coach's comments, how you need to play for the, for the, uh, the name on the front of the jersey, that, that crest and the stars crest, and not so much about yourself. And uh, Corey was mentioned he can bring in guys from 25 years that will tell you how important that star is. And he mentioned, we mentioned Derek Reynolds in here, Fauci. And that bus was dead silence the entire way home. That, that message must have resounded over the years because I was talking to somebody when I was floating this idea about stories from the bus, and apparently when they came home from where Sioux Falls a couple weeks ago after they won, uh, there was maybe some karaoke going on, uh, so maybe we'll need to try to get some people on here to sing for us, some of the players on here to sing for us, but apparently it was pretty quiet coming home from Waterloo last Saturday and from Fargo. And Fargo, Fargo and Waterloo, the two furthest reaches of the Western Conference. Uh, that's a long time to be Yeah, I've, I've only had two uh, negative experiences like that on the bus. That was that one coming back from Des Moines, and then it was uh, in New York for the USHL Atlantic Challenge uh, the first year Harsey was here. And we didn't perform so well up there either. Yeah, so. I remember that. I remember that. Oh, Corey's another person I'd love to get on. Oh, I would love to have Corey come on. He, he, I'm sure, has some stories to tell, and I think this stuff – Talking about equipping a USHL franchise, what all goes into that? Number of sticks you go through in a year and how many pucks and that kind of stuff might be of interest. Yeah, definitely. So, With that being said, uh, we will see everybody here at the Icebox on Friday night for, uh, what are we actually calling it, the Boo at the Box? Boo at the Box. And remember, BOGO Boo, buy one, get one. Come in costume. Yeah, so uh, if you're hearing this, call Stephanie tomorrow at 474 Star. Get your tickets. Uh, have your kids dress up. Are you dressing up? I don't know that I can since I'm an official, but I may, I may, maybe I'll dress up as an official scorer. How's that sound? I don't know how that's going to change from any way, other way you dress. I know my daughter's dressing up. I might dress up. I don't know what I can do with the. Hey, if you want a hot dog, dress up as a target. Maybe Sweet will hit you with the Wienerschlinger. I don't know. I seen, I seen Sweet aim that thing, and his, his aim's not that good. Yeah, well, maybe if everybody dresses like a target, he'll hit somebody. Yeah, definitely. He'll hit somebody. <laughs> so uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, we will see everybody next week on Thunderstruck the Podcast.